love this. Um, we were joking with our coworker, um, Ashley, who her and I are work married. We have established at our work. And then he was like, well, if I want to marry you, I'm like, I'm already married. Like, I, I'm sorry, but I am already married. And like, okay, I'll just marry Ashley. I'm like, what the hell? Like, so how did I get to be, yeah. Like, how did I get to be like the single one out of the three of us in this work relationship? And Jay actually came in to grab a drink and her and I were talking and then Finley came back. I'm like, oh yeah, Ashley, Finley says that they want to marry me. Like, I am so sorry. Like, I told them no because I was married to you. And Ashley's like, oh, like, I would marry Finley. And then Finley's like, oh yeah, I'm marrying Ashley then. I'm like, wow, <laughs> divorce right now. Oh, that's got to make work awkward. Having work marriages, work divorces changes everything. Yep. Yep. Like, so to this day, and now that it's actually like into the universe, Ashley and I might be work divorced now. Like, I don't know well, how now it's I'm public. going to handle. Yeah. Like, Ashley, when you hear this, you hurt me so deeply. Let's talk about that more. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, I've got it the lucky way of the primary person I work with is my actual husband. So my work husband and real life husband are the same person. So that makes things, makes things easy. No competition. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, let's jump into Gilmore girls today. We've yes. got season one, episode two. I am so excited to talk about this episode. I know we've been constantly as we're trying to find one we can record I think we both made it clear that we were very excited to talk about this episode. I don't know if it's good things, bad things, or everything, but... Both. Honestly, both. There are good things I love about this episode. There are things that I hate. There are characters that I hate. I'm interested to find out who, because I realized that I love a character earlier than I ever thought that I did, and I'm super excited about it. So, um, let's jump right in. So, kind of going into the episode overview, um, the first thing that happens, we have in the cold open, you know, it's just Lorelai sitting there painting Rory's toenails. We get to see them out on their patio again, and then Lane comes over with the CD and, you know, get all the, the fun music and dancing. So, I don't know, I don't really have much on the cold open? I don't know. Did you have any any thoughts or things that you feel like need to be talked about with it? Um, I will say I love their banter, like back and forth of mm-hmm. even painting the toenails because Rory obviously like can't show her toenails at school. Right. And like Lorelai just being like, who cares? You know you're a badass though, kind of thing. Yeah. And then when Lane does come with the CD, Laura's like nope, just kidding, we do this now, music time, and Rory just being like, I'm half done, like, what is happening, and Lorelai just starting to be like, you're wearing shoes anyway, no one will notice. Right, and I like that music does kind of take the priority, and I know they're sitting there talking about, like, private school girls, and, like, the persona of that, and, like, the stereotypes, and I know that's definitely something that is still a stereotype, and something that people like to make jokes about, of, like, oh, like, 
Catholic schoolgirls or private schoolgirls are all like bad girls. Like I remember I went to a, a private school for for eighth grade through high school. And that was definitely something that got joked about and said all the time. But yeah, I find that interesting. And then we get to the fun stuff. So first day of Chilton. So Rory wakes Lorelai up late. You know, she forgot her clothes with the dry cleaners. I have a lot of grief and bones to pick just in this beginning part. Um, so if you don't mind, I'm just going to get that all out and then you can share your thoughts. So yeah, do it. Start with something totally relatable. So best laid plans never work out. Like Lorelai had everything planned out. You know, she was so focused on that and then it all fell apart. I, I get that. I relate to that. You know, sometimes the things that you put the most time into are most prepared for falls apart. So relatable. Okay. But then you look, she is standing in front of her closet. There is a super cute dress hanging in her closet as well as a whole bunch of other things. Like the one dress that they show very clearly, it's like, oh, just pair a nice jacket with that. Even a jean jacket would look kind of cute. And why not wear Rory's clothes? Like, I, I don't like the whole premise of this of like, oh, she had no clothes to wear because her her business clothes were all at the dry cleaners. There's still so many things that she could have worn better about that. Like, if it were me, I would just grab dirty pants out of the hamper instead of wearing jean shorts. Even just wearing long jeans would have made a big difference. Like, her shirt would have been fine, but it's the pairing it with these short jean shorts and the cowboy boots that puts it over the edge. Like, there's so many things she could have done differently with it. And obviously, Rory has plenty of clean clothes because she is wearing a school uniform. There's so many better options that she could have made. And then that just kind of throws that little wrench into the whole episode because it bugs me that they pretend she didn't have anything better to wear than that. Okay, I'm done complaining about that now. Um, I agree with you, though. Like, I never caught the dress in the closet. But, like, I assumed obviously the clothes in the closet were going to be relatively clean. Right. Um, or hopefully all clean, just not worn for X amount of time. Um, so she did have the options. I do understand her frustration of sleeping like on a like on accident, sleeping in mm-hmm. and having like the plan of going to the dry cleaner. And getting the outfit that she was wanting to wear that, like, made her feel good, especially, like, going to, like, Chilton of such a good school and kind of, like, the, not being, like, embarrassed, but, like, wanting to feel like, yeah, I now have a daughter that goes to school here. I now am going to respect like what I am wearing type of thing, like kind of elevated. Um, so I definitely get why she was like frantic, especially waking up so late and also having Rory like, be like, no, we need to go now. Like what if we're doing like this? Like what if we're late? And then saying like, oh, it is 7.15, 7.16, 7, kind of thing. It's like, Rory, that's not how time works. I know. Like, stop it you're literally just putting fuel to Lorelai's chaotic fire that she is trying to put out and like I will say her outfit of choice is iconic it is yeah. so like for her it is adorable not going to children she looks adorable 
for sure. And I've definitely been in her type of situation where she brings like that long jacket, basically like a trench coat to cover it up and is holding it so tightly. Like I've been in situations like that where like, you know, I'm a clumsy person. So spill something all over a shirt or don't have nice enough clothes for where I'm going and, you know, try to cover it up. And Mm -hmm. like, I can also, you know, understand that and get to that. But also Rory drives me crazy. Like I would have been so much like Lorelai. That makes it so much more frantic. It's like someone humming the Jeopardy theme song as you're trying to think of something. All you yeah. can focus on them on then is that they're annoying, you know, interjections and everything where it's like, no, just shut up and let me think for two seconds so I can figure this out. But yeah. all right. Well, then we get to Chilton. So they arrive at Chilton. Um, we meet the flirty dad and we meet headmaster Charleston. So spoiler alert, flirty dad never was his name Ian. Ian Jack. I wrote it down because I've never remembered his name or noticed that he said it before, but he never comes back. Um, but what, what were your thoughts with that whole, you know, flirty dad little scene? So, one, the dad is cute. Like, if I was that age and I had a child going to school, yes. Flirty dad for the win. Um, but even just like with the first episode where you see Lorelai and Luke and their relationship and like their friendship mm-hmm. kind of like blossoming, it's like, no, 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 you're not doing this to Luke. Uh-uh. Keep that. See, but Lorelai just likes attention. So she, I think she just gets excited anytime someone flirts with her. Like, I think because she lives so much in a little bubble, she forgets that she's a great catch and most guys would flirt with her. Um, so I think sometimes she forgets that. And then when she's like around new people and gets flirted with, it's like, oh, I'm getting attention. Like, someone likes me. It's like, well, yeah, everybody would love you. Like, you're wonderful. That's but true. honestly, I disagree with you. I thought she could have done so much better like i guess he was cute in a 90s kind of way but yeah i don't know i kind of felt like uh oh, just keep walking like he was nice but i did not think he was cute enough to to stop talking and i kind of enjoyed rory's annoyance that they're not so subtle flirting of like okay like let's move on and that's true but like honestly anything to annoy rory is pure gold yeah annoyed Rory is is fun to watch and before that I love the visual of Lorelai and Rory looking at Chilton from the jeep which then I mean that's used in the opening sequence like they look so adorable like I love that little visual of them like I don't know what it is that it's just I love it I just like because like when I would like watch the um opening like, sequence, and, like, having that there, it's always just, like, funny, because you see Lorelai, and then Rory's like, wait, what are we looking at? Yeah. (laughs) I'm now distracted. What are we doing? Yep. And it's kind of like, oh, you're looking at something? I'm gonna look. It's kind of that idea of someone just, like, saying, hey, look, or just, like, looking up. Everyone has to then look up and see, like, okay, what's going on? But then we get to Headmaster Charleston. So, we meet Headmaster Charleston. I enjoy him as a character. I don't necessarily like his character, but I enjoy him being around. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know, obviously we have the Lorelai's wonderfully 
wonderfully played surprise at seeing Emily. And I get excited because Emily looks a lot more like herself in this episode. Like in the pilot, her hair is so different and she's got like more of that typical Emily look in this episode. Um, But I, I really enjoy the way that like Lauren Graham played that part of just the surprise of seeing her mom there is perfect. Yeah, I did love that um, I was also, like, mad that Emily was there, being like, um, why? But, like, I do love that Emily was there, because that is a classic Emily thing to do. See, now, I always used to think, like, oh, like, it was kind of on Lorelai's side of being annoyed of why is Emily there. But this time I'm watching, I'm like, you know, it com- makes complete sense to me that Emily is there, because... She is paying for the school. She is super excited. Like, she showed how excited she was about Rory going there already and, like, how proud she is of her. And mm-hmm. she does, you know, have connections to the school. She lives just, like, five minutes, I think they say, from there. So it does kind of make sense to me. And I also understand her being disappointed in Lorelai's attire. Like, that's something that always annoyed me before was that, like, she calls her out for it and makes these funny jokes. Um, which I love seeing her wit with it, but it's like, well, she is connected to these people and she is someone that cares so much about what people think of the Gilmore name and like how their family is perceived that knowing, oh, the first introduction that Rory is getting to this school and these people is Lorelai looking that way. Um, which, like, I was annoyed that they made her take off her jacket. Like, the headmaster and Emily both have suit jackets on. I don't know why they make such a yeah. big deal about Lorelai leaving hers on. But I understood Emily more this time than I ever have before of, like, her being there and her reaction. I will say the one thing that kind of struck me, especially, like, rewatching it this time, was Emily said that, like, they know Headmaster Charlton and his wife. Mm-hmm. And, but wouldn't they be like, when they see Gilmore, wouldn't they go to Richard and Emily and be like, hey, your granddaughter is like thinking of being a student? Like, wouldn't they would already depend. talk with them? It would depend on who sees that information like i think it's possible that headmaster charleston isn't informed of potential new students until they get to the point that they're gonna be meeting with him i don't know like he doesn't seem like someone that cares that much about people who are not there in front of him like the potential people and there were so many people working in the office and the different you know like his little secretary plus the office people and whatever that i'm guessing to me it would make sense that he didn't know hear her name until it was like oh we have a new student starting on monday like on the friday before we have her in your schedule to meet with her you know at this Mm -hmm. time like i guess i could see that being the case but i also am assuming that as soon as emily and richard found out they reached out to him and said something because yeah that's very much what emily would do but have you ever been in that kind of situation like, was, that Lorelai was of like feeling super awkward and out of place? Every day of my life. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> no, um, I would say like any um, like job I had for like the first day or like the first week of just like going yeah. and being like, I don't know if I'm wearing the right thing. I don't know if I'm like saying the right things kind of aspect. Right. As you're trying to figure out all the people around you and the setting and what's the the norm and the expected things. Yeah. Um, when Rory meets with Headmaster Charleston on her own, like after Emily and Lorelai leave, then I was just getting so annoyed with him and felt bad for yes. Rory. Like one of the things that she brings up is that she says, like, oh, living in Stars Hollow is a social activity. And it's like, it is so much. Like she has such a social life just living in Stars Hollow. Like she has so yes. many different connections and people that she's helping and dealing with and all of this stuff where I feel like when she said that, I'm like, yes, it is like, he has no idea what he's talking about. She's fine. No, like I agree with that. And like, even when he's talking um, about like how hard Chilton is and like being like, you will most likely fail. It's like, that's not encouraging though. Like you would want to encourage your newest student to succeed and like I get that he is supposed to like tell her that it, yes it is hard it's very competitive but like there was no to me there was no like reassurance of but I like I'm believing in you as your headmaster right and even kind of that idea of this is a really hard school not everybody can handle it but we selected you to bring you in thinking that you might be one of them that can handle it. You know, like, clearly not just anybody goes there, so they selected her to be able to go there because they think that she could succeed. So, yeah, I agree. That was... And just the way he was so challenging about everything, like, even when she, like, clearly expressed her goals of, like, saying, like, oh, I want to be, like, Christiane Amanpour, and, you know, like, was saying how she wants to see things and, you know, be a foreign correspondent or a journalist, like, that's a pretty Mm -hmm. clear direction for a sophomore in high school, and he just like shoots her down so much and is like just so challenging about it of like, oh well, why would you want to do that? Like, why not do this? And like just being like rude about it. And it's really annoying, especially to think of, you know, this 15-year-old girl who has these big dreams and is taking steps to achieve them. And he's just like, Oh, whatever, like, I don't believe you, kind of thing. Yeah. And like even his comment, um, about being like, oh, you just want to be on TV. Yeah, why not get a high-speed like, chase? Yeah. And, like, when I, like, rewatched it, I thought of, like, oh, he, after seeing, like, Lorelai and, like, the outfit that she wore kind of thing, it's, he's not taking them seriously. I and, never like, thought of that. Like, that makes sense, I know, it just, like, occurred to me like the last time I watched it and like kind of him poking fun at them being like oh you're just like I don't want to say like lower class or anything but like you're lower Mm -hmm. like and that's what he assumed that people who were lower than him wanted to do was just be on tv and be famous that's such a good insight like I can't believe I never thought that like Because he does run in the same circle as Emily and Richard. And obviously, seeing 
someone dressed like Lorelai was and kind of that introduction would make them think like, oh, this is just some small town nobody who's beneath us kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And like that makes sense that maybe that then he carried that into thinking about Rory that way. Like that might be why he was like harder and like didn't show that much like respect and like kind of like telling her like you're going to fail like kind of thing. It was still rude and wrong, but I think that makes sense Mm -hmm. and might be why he did it. Um, And then we get the kind of, you know, that little bit of an introduction to Paris, Madeline, and Louise. And I love their introduction. Like, to me, it makes so much sense that, like, how they had, you know, the assistant or whatever, the student working in the office pass them the the file. And, like, they're true to their characters right away. We're like... Um, I always get Madeline and Louise mixed up. Madeline, the blonde. Um, right? Is Madeline the blonde? Madeline was the brunette. I might be. You might be right. I get them mixed up all the time, but I love them. Okay, well, the blonde one. Um, I swear I've watched this a million times, but I can never keep them straight. But how she's right away like, oh, Lorelai sounds like a stripper name. Like, that's very true to her character. And then you've got the other one of like, oh, the bugs. Yeah. Like, I've got to get out of here. I hate nature. Yeah. So true to her character. And then Paris, it's like, okay, that's very much, you know, what a teenage girl at that super competitive school who's been the top in her class would do of, okay, I need to see what this competition is to see if my place as number one in the class is in jeopardy. Like, to me, that makes complete sense. And you get to see their characters right away, just in that little intro. Yeah. And, like, when you, like, first see them, like, in the school Mm -hmm. and how they look at Lorelai and Rory, it's just like, oh, damn. Just that shot set them up to be the perfect set of mean girls. Yep. And And I really like... And I really like that they have such a different take and look on, like, the mean girls, you know, like, the Queen Bee and her minions, so different than, like, the typical what you would see in, like, Heathers or Mean Girls or whatever, where it's, like, Paris is not popular. She's just brilliant and untouchable. Like, she's that brilliant, intimidating leader of the class. And, you know, then it's, like, her two minions are way more popular than she is, but they're not as smart like i like that as kind of that like academic hierarchy in that sense um but i i i like that i feel like it's a different twist and one i'm on board with not that i necessarily think there should be that kind of hierarchy at all but i think it's better than mm-hmm. the oh the prettiest and po- most popular is the ruler of the school yeah, and like, then I agree with that. did you have anything else on that Oh, um, I was gonna say with um just like Paris's dynamic with them when she was like listing off um like oh Lorelai, like the stripper name, and then like, oh, she wants to be a journalist. She's probably gonna go for the Franklin. And um Louise, I'm just gonna say Louise is the blonde one. Like I think you're right. <laughs> Um, she's like, how do you know that kind of thing? And then Paris just being like, well, she's going to. Like, she already, like, put that in her mind. 
Okay, Louise is the blonde one. I had to double check. So it is confirmed. You are correct. I they're always together, and uh, like even I obviously mix them up all the time. See, it's like knowing that I'm like, oh yeah, obviously, because Madeline is 100 the brunette. Madeline does not fit the blonde. Like that name just doesn't. So, um, but I also like have an automatic love for Louise just because she was in Double Teamed. I don't know if you ever saw that. It's like yes. original. I oh, love yeah, that I movie. And watch that a million times when I was younger, like, and that's what I always think of her. And I'm like, I just love her. Um, Yes. When I was rewatching the series, each time I'd be like, why do you look so familiar? Like, yeah, so, so familiar. And then it clicked. I'm like, oh my God, that was one of my favorite movies growing up. Yes. Dye her hair and throw basketball in her hand. Um, I, yeah, my mom and I would watch that movie so often. It was ridiculous, but I love it. Um, anyway, I could I feel the need to start quoting that movie, but we'll move on. Um, <laughs> well, because I've okay, I coached basketball and volleyball and softball, and like when I was coaching basketball, I always wanted to use their coach's quote of saying like, "Oh, does this look like a museum to you? Then stop standing around like statues." That is one of my favorite quotes of any movie, which is yeah, sad, but. I love it. I love that. Um, but anyway, so then we see Lorelai get back to town, you know, everyone judging her for her outfit and her just kind of settling in, figuring stuff out. Um, something that I noticed is like, so two things when Lorelai, like after she picks up her dry cleaning and she's like rushing into her house to answer the phone, like I love the visual of it because I also again, just something that's so relatable. It's like, oh, I've definitely like thrown piles of stuff on top of me to try to open a door. And the way that she like tips her jacket off of her head onto the couch, it's like, I don't know, it's just all played out so well. And I, this is one of those things again, that like I had found annoying previously. And if I would have just thought about it and not watched it intently, I would have thought like, oh yeah, it's really annoying. Emily's excitement about Rory at Chilton to me is really sweet. Like when she you know, obviously, like, Lorelai gets inside, and it's Emily that was calling her, and Emily's, like, wanting to buy Rory clothes, and is, like, so excited and wondering, like, oh, like, I can get her a parking spot, and is just, like, wanting to be a part of it, and it seems, it's, it felt to me like it was a very genuine, like, I am so excited and proud of my granddaughter. I want to be a part of this and help her to have the best experience possible, and, like, I know, obviously, mm-hmm. I love Lorelai, and we get her viewpoint on these things and obviously she sees it more as a this is my daughter I make the decisions I am the one taking care of her and I can provide for her I don't need your help and I get that but I I was actually really touched by Emily and like her excitement and like just genuine desire to be a part of things in this episode which I never really felt so strongly before no I agree like when I was like first rewatching it like years ago and like Emily would was doing that I'm like why are you overstepping like you're kind of trying a little too hard for grandmother of the year um but like recently rewatching it I do agree with you of she's excited yep like that 
her granddaughter is wanting to go to a private school and get a really good education and make good choices in her life at, like for that time. And I definitely think that Lorelai should have given Emily like the benefit of the doubt is like seeing where Lorelai was coming from of, well, she is my daughter. I'm going, like, I want to do this for her. Like she is fine. But also like, because Emily can provide that, it's like Lorelai would feel like down on herself being like, well, I could have. Right. Well, something that I I do keep going. Um, I do think that Emily was like coming from like a good place of sharing and like wanting the best for Rory and definitely like to have her be as normal there because she says something about I should have written it down. The well, everyone's gonna have X and X. Like, except Rory. Like, she is going to be the outcast with it. I can't remember what that would have been. Because I remember she talks about the parking place. She talks about, like, the different clothing items and wanting to get a bunch of different Mm -hmm. stuff that had the, like, logo or whatever. Maybe. I don't remember for sure. One thing, though, that I did notice that I never noticed before, and it made me kind of question a little bit, was there is a piano behind Lorelai at her house. I don't think Rory or Lorelai play piano. Like, I know Lorelai makes a joke about Rory having no musical talent, and I don't really see Mm -hmm. Lorelai as being a piano player. Like, do they just randomly have a piano there? It could be. Well, I don't know if this would be... I I don't know if it would be a spoiler though. Um, I can't think of a way that it would be, but, but maybe. So, like later on, I'm just gonna say it. Like, okay, okay. spoiler um, alert. On, <laughs> yes, spoiler alert. Maybe, uh, but like later on in the series, when we meet the other Lorelai, and how Emily is like trying to get the gifts back maybe the piano was a a piano maybe maybe Maybe. i know there's a piano at the gilmore house too at emily and richards yeah because there's an episode playing it yeah and like another one that could be maybe it also maybe it just came with the house and they didn't want to move it out because it's heavy I can see that being the case, too. That would be Um, second option. Um, What do you think about everyone judging Lorelai for her outfit? Like, everyone in Star's Hollow, like, Miss Patty passes judgment. Even Luke does. Like, do you feel like that Um, was right or wrong of them? I feel, one, it was hilarious. (laughs) Because every single one of them was just like, this was an important day. Even I know this was an important day. Yeah. Why? And I think they could have been nicer. Except Miss Patty. Like, Miss Patty, you should right. say anything. That I was my thought, too. It. I feel like Miss Patty was perfectly in line for her character to say what she did. And then I love we get her 
Like her dance lessons always crack me up where she's like, ooh, ladies, what do I see? Naked girls. Oh, no. Keep those leotards on. This is not Brazil. Um, yes. I think we yes, mentioned that quote last, last episode, but it's in this one. And like, I, I don't know. I love Miss Patty. She can pass whatever judgment she wants. That's her job in town. Her and Babette can say whatever they want is my, yes. my opinion. Um, but then we get to go back to Chilton. So this, I feel like is where we're going to actually talk a decent amount. Um, so Paris gets all the answers and no one else even tries to answer. And, you know, then we get to meet Tristan and Paris introduces herself to Rory. So mm-hmm. what, I mean, just thinking Tristan, I feel like there's so many different opinions that you can get. What is your opinion oh. of Tristan? Looking just at this episode, what are your your thoughts, your opinions, your feelings? I was very indifferent with Tristan in this episode. His one is Chad Michael Murray. Mm-hmm. Like I love Tristan because of the actor, but I hate Tristan because of Tristan. I thought you were going to say because of the actor again. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. I... uh, When you first meet Tristan, he seems, like, super nice. And then it's like, nope. One of the first things out of his mouth is like, ooh, new girl. Like, what's her name? And then they just say, Mary. Yeah. Hello, Mary. It's like, okay, you don't need to be like that. I feel like he is that typical douchey hot guy where it's like he's charming, yeah. he's very easy on the eyes, but he's just inappropriate and obnoxious. And I think because he fits that that stereotype so well, it's like, well, it, it doesn't give him a pass, but it makes him understandable. Like he's so much like he fits into a high school for sure. And like this again there's so many people like Chad Michael Murray this was his first real thing like this was before One Tree Hill this was before Dawson's Creek and like this was his first real thing and it's crazy to me when I think of you know like I know we talked about like Jared Padalecki and Alexis Bledel like this being their first thing and Melissa McCarthy it's also Chad Michael Murray mm-hmm. and like all these people who are huge names now this was like their first credit or their first like real credit which is just yeah. mind blowing to me um yeah and i that that was that was my main thoughts about tristan and like the one thing that i think is so exaggerated when the teacher gives rory that big binder and says oh these were last week's yep. study materials it looks like a full semester's notes from college like i mean when lot. I went to college, that would have been, like, a good amount. If it was, like, a a, sm- a class that I took that, like, I had to take notes for, that might have been is the biggest thing I had of notes for a full semester. And, like, I wasn't a slacker, and I went to a good college. So, like, that just seems so exaggerated and obnoxious to me that I had to make a note of it. Yeah, especially when the teacher says... Definitely, like, get students' personal ones because they're going to be more info. It's like, how is this not more? Right. Like, if you wrote the entire, like, if you wrote the entire day, 
every day last week, because that was last week's notes, it would be less than that. So that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. And we'll get into a whole bunch more with Paris. But first, like, they go back to the inn. So we get to meet Jackson. Another great first meeting. And, like, I love the interactions between Suki and Jackson. And, like, Suki rolling the peaches on the floor. And My favorite all part. of that. Yes, it's perfect. And then I love when Lorelai just comes in, has no idea what's going on, and ends up siding with with Suki without even trying to or realizing that she is. And then poor Jackson is like, yes. you planned that. Like, yeah. Oh, I do love also when Suki is like even looking at the peaches and she just knows that something is wrong with mm-hmm. one of them and just. Jackson be like, oh, you didn't do that one. Oh, you didn't do that one. Where could it be kind of thing? And then when she does find it, she's like, good job. And you moved every single one and now they're bruised. Yeah. Ordeal. And I like, when I first watched, I hated Jackson and how he was. And then rewatching, it's just like, okay, I do love these little quirks that he has. (laughs) See, like, I... I mean, in this episode, we only get a very little bit of Jackson, but my feelings overall is like, I'm kind of indifferent about Jackson, but I love his interactions with other people. Like when there's any kind of storyline that he's in with someone else, like bickering with Suki or even like talking with Lorelai, like some of his interactions with her, it's like, I really enjoy, like I enjoy him when he's with other people, but anything that's just about him, I'm just like, eh, whatever kind of thing. Um mm-hmm. And then at the end, we do get some prime Michelle when the little old lady asks where they can find the best antiques. And he's like, at your house, I would assume. Um, <laughs> like, just prime Michelle. Um, but, like, Lorelai is very popular at the end. Like, she's got the dad comes and, like, asks her out at the inn. Emily calls her mm-hmm. at the inn. And we get to meet Derek, the valet. I wish he was, like, a regular employee and we saw him past this episode because like I don't know what it is I think he's like a mix between um Dawson Leary and Jack McPhee in Dawson's Creek like you take those two together and you mix them and you get Derek the valet like I I had that thought when watching it I'm like you know I think that's why I like him is because he's got like there's just this weird combo I mean we get him for like you know 10 seconds but I was like, oh, I wish this guy stuck around. He's he's adorable in a weird way. He is. And, like, when he was, like, apologizing, like, even to Lorelai and, like, being like, well, you think I'm a good driver, right? And she's yeah. like, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, honey. Yeah. It's like, oh, you poor sweet boy. <laughs> like, she's a little condescending to him, but it makes sense. Um, So... Like, Lorelai is very good at her job, by the way. Like, the way she handled that upset customer, like, she's amazing. Like, it makes sense that she is the general manager. She earned that position. And Like, even even thinking, like, even at my job, trying to help the disgruntled customers. Like, there is a day where I'm like, what would Lorelai do with this aspect? Like, how would she handle this person? I need to start thinking that more often. Like, what would Lorelai Gilmore do? Um, You know, like, she's a great businesswoman and she's very personable. She is someone that, like, 
you respect her. You also want to be her best friend. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. She's just so admirable. Like, I love her. Um, and I do, there's many ways that I do want to be like her, <laughs> um, for sure. And one thing that blew my mind when I realized is Emily calls Lorelai twice in the same day that she saw Lorelai in the morning. So she sees Lorelai in the morning at the headmaster's office. And then she calls mm-hmm. her right when Lorelai gets home. And then she calls her at the inn once she's at work. And I'm like, that is so often to be reaching out to her, especially considering like the majority of the relationship is maybe a call once a week. It seems like, but mm-hmm. the majority of their interaction is only when absolutely necessary. Like that just blew my mind where I'm like, you saw her in person, you called her and then he called her again. It's just crazy. Yeah. And like, I think because with the, the catch of, yes, we're going to pay for Chilton, but we're going to get the weekly dinners and the weekly phone call. I think with that, Emily is being like, okay, now I do have that excuse up to call. And yeah. When, Make up for last time. Yeah, definitely. Like, we didn't really specify how many times I could call. So I could call more than once a day and, like, have that, like, minute conversation, whether it be, like, if Lorelai is being, like, a little bit short or, like, very, like, sarcastic. For part of it, like, Emily's, like, I'm talking with my daughter. Yeah. Like, whether it be, like, a good talk or a bad talk. Like, I am now, like, talking with my daughter where it was so sporadic before. And that's something that Emily always wanted. So now she probably is just grasping at that of like, oh, like I finally get a relationship with my daughter and my granddaughter. And I think that's why she is wanting to be so involved and is reaching out so much because this is something I think she's wanted for a long time. Like I think it was always kind of Lorelai's choice to not have their relationship outside of a couple holidays. But it is something that I think Emily's probably like, yes, finally, like I need to take advantage of this. And then we do get the dad coming to the inn to ask Lorelai out. So I've got some thoughts with this too. He has to be what, at least 10 years older than her. And he does not want to take no for an answer. Like I think, okay, you could see it as endearing. I thought it was a little bit too much where like, mm-hmm he kept kind of pushing it and was like, Oh, well I'll try again when I get back from China or wherever he said he was going for a week. Like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, she said no to you. She gave you reason and very much said no. And he just kind of keeps pushing it and like, doesn't want to take no for an answer. And that really annoyed me. And was just like, uh, yes. stop. No, I agree. I thought one, it was kind of desperate of him. Like in the beginning, I liked him. And then when we get to this part of, okay, she's already turned you down X amount of times, like have some dignity. And yet he's yeah. like, nope, I don't care. I'm going to then throw in like, oh, hey, I'm going on a business trip. I'm I feel like worldly. he was trying to still impress her. Right. And that was like his last thing where it's like, okay, you guys had this cute, you know, little back and forth flirting at the school and that was sweet but then he showed up at her inn which was not a convenient meeting place i'm sure because he's half an hour away and i'm sure his the person he was meeting with is also in hartford so it's like 
okay, that's a little bit iffy on if it's cute or, you know, it's like, oh, it could be endearing or too much. And then the way that he just kind of keeps pressuring, it's like, oh my gosh, just give up. But whatever. We don't have to see him again. (laughs) And then the parts that I am like super excited about. Okay. I don't know if I should say excited about, but where I had kind of some epiphanies is we get to go back to Chilton and it starts with like where Rory can't open her locker and destroys Paris's project. Which I, okay, I did feel bad for Paris. Like, when I first watched it, I hated her. I'm like, yes, ruin that project. Like, take that mean girl down. But then, like, rewatching it, it's like, no, like, she put in so much time for that project. And it looked really good. And I do think she could have taken that step back and, like, heard Rory out. But I think, like, in her head, she's just like, no, she's going to do everything she can to derail me. And, like, taking that, just throwing the project on accident as, like, you know, you purposely did that. Like, you're trying to destroy me. Yeah. If I were Paris, I would have been furious. I would have cried. I'm positive. And definitely would have told the teacher what happened. And, like, Paris had to spend hours upon hours working on that. Like, I can't imagine how much time she put into that and like I seriously like I know I would have cried at that happening after putting that much time into something and then it just being destroyed and like I also would not have wanted Rory's help after she ruined the project like I feel like okay I feel bad for Rory because it clearly was an accident she was trying to make up for it like I I feel bad for Rory but also putting myself in Paris's shoes, which I had never done this early on, because I always thought like, oh, Paris starts out so mean. But no, it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like Paris was so in the right to be upset with Rory and to like not want her help. The only thing I thought was weird was like, why not bring in the Broken Project to show the teacher? Like, yeah, I had it. it. And I think it was just because she was so upset and trying not to show that because I think Paris like she has such a strong exterior that I don't think she likes to show any emotion other than like confidence is what she Mm -hmm. tries to portray and I think that was why but I don't know but it just really did open up to me of like uh yeah I could see why Paris does have this kind of grudge against Rory from the beginning of feeling like okay I have this competition now for the number one spot like this girl looks like she might be really smart and then she destroyed my project like that is her introduction to Paris so like yeah. I'm not saying that Rory is wrong but I'm just saying that I don't think Paris is necessarily wrong with this oh no like I think Paris shouldn't have fought so hard against Rory when they were even in the classroom and like the teacher being like where's your project and then her being like I don't have it and then she's like okay you can get it incomplete and then Rory like standing up being like I accidentally broke it which I do like applaud Rory for like coming forward and because she does realize how important like school is for Paris and like offering to like help and I do think I understand why Paris like kept saying no to it because like I wouldn't want to be like working with a person that like just broke my project that I spent X amount of time on and like thoroughly made sure it was good. 
but it could have been like, hey, at least you were trying. Well, and again, like, like thinking of myself in that situation, I wonder if Paris is just fighting back tears. Because, like, you know how if you're really upset and you're trying not to cry, if you have to sit there and talk mm-hmm. about it, it's harder to not cry? Like, I don't know. I know Paris isn't, like, a crier, you know. But I do wonder if that was part of it is, like, if we sit here and talk about this, I explain what happened or I, you know, accept any of this stuff, then it's going to be harder to block off the emotion I feel about it. Like, mm-hmm. that I think would make sense. Kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And kind of pushing it away and just being like, just so upset. Like, I I mean, I would be super upset about that and angry. And Paris feels anger way more than I do. So, like, I can only imagine how fuming she was. And I'm kind of surprised you don't see that more so than you do. Yeah. But that kind of wraps up like that. It just kind of ends with, you know, I mean, we come back to the classroom a little bit later when Rory's like trying to pass the note to Paris and then kind of has that thing of like she decides if she won't let me join her, then I'll just go against her, Um, Mm -hmm. which I feel like, you know, is is understandable and just fine. We're like, I kind of feel like these two are at odds, but I don't think that you necessarily need to have a side between the two of them. Like, I don't think it's like one is right and one is wrong. I think it's just decided of like, okay, they can't work together. So they're going to each fight their own battle. And they just happen to choose to fight against each other. Um, And like, even when like Rory getting the answers is like, okay, good. You were in school. You should be trying to get the answers. And Paris kind of fighting back with telling Rory to stay out of her way. It's like, well, that's fair, too. Like, in my opinion, I feel like they both both are in the right for themselves. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I think Rory, when she was, like, answering the questions, she was getting smug about Mm -hmm. it. And I'm like, okay, Rory, are you wanting to, like, stoop to their level now? Yeah, she does a little bit because I think she, I don't think she's ever had someone not want to be her friend. Like, Rory's always like the lovable, you know, the angel of stars hollow. So I think having someone like Paris who sees Rory as a threat rather than a friend is something that Rory's never experienced before. So I think she does a little bit feel like up in arms about it and does kind of stoop down a little bit. But I mean, you know, she's a 15 year old, so kind of feel like well you know makes sense that's true (laughs) um but then you know kind of leaving chilton so we see lorelei go back to luke's and like one we get to see the no cell phone rule being implemented which you know is a staple at luke's but also we see lorelei telling luke about the dad asking her out and just luke's very (laughs) casual interest in lorelei being asked out and turning down the dad Yes. Oh, I like this part because of that. Like, you see that, like, Luke is like, oh, well, what did you say? Like, you can tell that he likes her. Yeah. And he tries and, to play like, it so him, cool. He does. But you can see, like, the gears in his head working of, like, oh, yep. wait, someone else likes her? Like, what? And he confirms, like, multiple times, but you turned him down. Like, yeah, I don't know. Their conversation is, like, almost awkward about it. 
but in a way that makes it like, okay, so there is a little bit of spark here and they both have some kind of idea of it, even if they're not being like upfront about it or even necessarily fully realizing it for themselves. But it's clear that they both are like noticing it in some sense. Mm -hmm. And then another phenomenal thing about this episode, we get to meet Babette, Maury, and Mick slash Kirk. Um, so with on here when I for the Kirk part I like wrote Kirk no other names <laughs> well I always refer to him as Kirk yeah because that's who he is I mean when he first in this episode he originally was just for the one episode and then I think when they realized like okay this guy's amazing we need him here like Stars Hollow needs him they realized, okay, Mick is not the right name for him. Let's change it. And they also change his storyline quite a bit. Like, he's the one the most that, like, his intro is not true to who he is because it's so, no one knows who he is and all this when it's like, okay, no, he grew up here. Everybody knows him and has embarrassing stories about him growing up. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, so we'll just overlook that. I like to think of it as kind of two different characters just because of that storyline issue. Mm-hmm. But Babette and Maury, they are perfect from the start. Like, you got Maury yeah, is all quiet, yeah. wearing his hat and sunglasses. Babette's holding their cat and telling Lorelai about her gnomes. Like, they are true to their characters from the very oh, first moment. Yes. Yes. When she was like, if I kicked a gnome, I never trust a gnome kicker. It's like, yeah. Yes, Babette. <laughs> I, I don't trust a gnome kicker. I love that. Because of you. Uh, I love them. They. They are quite possibly my favorite couple in this whole series. Like, I love them so much and would wish that they made, like, a spinoff all about Babette and Maury. Like, yeah, I I would watch that every single day. Well, and, like, they're both, like, their characters are so wonderful. And, like, I just, I don't know. I love them. They're wonderful. Um, That's all I can say about them. But. My question to you is, would you take free internet? Yes. Because I would. If my mom was like, "Mm, yep, I'm getting it set up for you. I'd be like, okay, great. Thanks. Like, (laughs) Right? Like, (laughs) I'd be, how long do I get it for? Yeah. I'd be like, oh, so you're taking care of the setup too? I don't even have to worry about that? Sure. Yeah, I'll help solve this mystery of a turtle or a frog and let you in. Um, yep. I will use my personal key. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Won't even make you search for it. Um, and then, though, like, Lorelai, she's so upset she goes to Emily's hair salon, which is interesting. So it's like, okay, their fourth interaction of the day. Again, crazy amount of interactions between Lorelai and Emily in this episode. Yeah. And... Like, I had never really thought twice about that scene. I don't know that I ever really paid much attention to it, but it's so strange for Lorelai to go to Emily's hair salon. One, that she knew where she gets her hair done. That surprised me. And that she would just go there to confront her about this. Like, so she drove, what, half an hour to go walk in where she had to pay for parking to confront her mom for you know five minutes or less and leave i would say like i kind of understand where lorelei is coming from though because emily is 
doing it so much. Uh, I think for the internet, she was like overstepping. Yes, that was the overstepping line. Um, and I think that like just made Lorelai snap because she was just like the phone call. She was like, "No, like I got this. Like enough. Like." like stop it like you're done trying to help in this out like in this way and then with now one other thing it's just like I was very very adamant before mother you're like done like right you went over the line and this is when, like, I kind of flipped to being like, okay, I'm on Lorelai's side with this one. Like, I was very understanding of Emily up until this, but it's like, okay, first off, to get the DSL installers there, she had to have set this up at least that morning, most likely previous days before, because you're not going to get them to show up right away. So you've talked to Lorelai three times, probably, since you've set this up. Why didn't you tell her or ask her? And then, like, Lorelai did try over the phone multiple times to kind of say, like, no, we got this. Like you know, where she is fighting for independence and kind of authority as Rory's mom and saying that she can provide everything other than tuition for Rory. So I guess like because of that, because Emily not getting the hint and listening to it, I guess it does make sense of like, okay, I needed to do this in person. It is crazy where it's like, oh, yep, I've got time to go and do this. But I guess actually the next thing that we see is Lorelai picking Rory up from school. So it probably wasn't out of her way. She would probably had to go into Hartford to pick up Rory anyway. So I guess that actually makes sense too, now that I think of it. Um, but it's also interesting seeing Emily's hair salon because like, we never see that again. At least that I can think of. No. But like you know, after that, I think Emily was just so scared that something like that was going to happen again. She has them go to her. Yep. And. Then, obviously, after that, we do get to see Lorelai picking Rory up from school, um, which my thought was, like, this felt like such a long day because so often there's, like, so many days that happen in an episode. It seems like this felt like just a long day. Um, yeah. Even though for us, it's like, oh, just, you know, the the 45 minutes of the episode, it felt like a 10-hour long day for them. But I do love the big hug where they both are just like, oh, like, I missed you kind of thing. Like, there's so many things that are said in that hug alone. And also, another quick bone to pick, her backpack looks way too empty for how heavy it is and for all the notes that she was given. Like, it looks like there's nothing in there. Yes. And especially, like, with Lorelai, like, picking up, like, yeah, like, you would assume, like, it would be heavy. But, like, one her like over exaggerations like oh this is so heavy it's like I guarantee there's like maybe three books in there not even maybe and then how she just like swings it mm-hmm. um into the back seat it's like um if it was so heavy how were you able to do that so quickly and so easily yeah and speaking of Lorelai do you think that Lorelai called other girls Mary in high school because she definitely knew it was a thing and thought it was funny yes wholeheartedly <laughs> yes that was my thought. I was like, yep, you weren't the one being called Mary. You were calling people Mary. Yes. <laughs> and then something that I noticed, too, is that last episode and this episode both kind of have it, like, ending where they're, like, walking in Stars Hollow. Like, that seems to be, like, a good way to end an episode is either in Luke's or walking through town. And in this one, I love 
that we get to see Lane with Lorelai, you know, having Lane kind of be a part of Lorelai and Rory's family. I always like when you see that. And I love when Lorelai says to Lane, mm-hmm. your mother's going to kill me if I keep sending you home fed and happy. Yep. <laughs> like, that wraps it up so well. Um, and then, of course, we get the sweet moment of where you find out that Lorelai is kind of thinking about dating Luke and wondering if Lor- if Rory thinks he's cute. And then you see that Luke noticed them looking in and then steps out to peek out at them. And there's that, you know, cute kind of understated connection there. Yes. Oh, I, every time I hear Lorelai, like, ask about Luke and, like, even question with, like, oh, what do you think about Luke? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I see, I see you thinking about him. Yep. And, like, wanting to date him and, like, wanting to be with him. And well, so cute. And my only thing is, though, is I don't think she's, like, genuinely thinking, I want to date this guy. I have feelings for this guy. I think she's so much kind of wondering, like, oh, is this guy someone that I could date? Like, I think for yeah. her, it's very much this wondering of, like, is this an option? Like, where they have this great friendship and I think every once in a while when she thinks about dating or is like talking to him about dating and picks up on his like questions about it or if she thinks about him dating then she's got that question of like wait is this something I should consider you know like I don't think it's an obvious thing to her I think it's something she just kind of wonders about time to time yeah so that kind of wraps realizing that she likes I think she's I mean maybe I think she likes to push things away a lot, though. Um, That's true. <laughs> so one thing I do want to do as we're going through is kind of keep a list of all of Kirk's job jobs. So I don't know if we count DSL installer because it's Mick that has that job. Um, um, so like I said before, he is not Mick to me. He is, will always be Kirk. So yes. Okay. So. And because for me, my only question with it is like, well, his storyline is so different. Like, they are two very different characters just because Kirk isn't a gnome kicker. Um, and Kirk likes Babette and Maury. So, like, but I'll ignore that. Okay, so we'll we'll get that of tally number one for Kirk's jobs. Um, when thinking about the segment of eating like a Gilmore. So there's a few food items that we get to see or get mentioned in this episode, but not a lot. They definitely ramp that up later on. But in the cold open, obviously, we've got the whipped cream when they're eating straight whipped cream while painting the toenails. And then at the end, we've got the pizza while they're walking downtown. And then I also like to throw out an honorable mention to when Headmaster Charleston mentions the lobster puffs at Richard's and Emily's just because lobster puffs sound so delicious that I know we don't sounds see anybody so eating bad. them, but I'm like, oh, that sounds really good. So I wrote it down anyway. Um, okay. Do you have any random like questions or thoughts from this episode at all that you wanted to bring up? Um... No. At least, like, thinking one. right now off the top of my tones. What's yours? So, mine is the star's hollow sign says population 9,973. And that is not the size of a small town. Like, I grew up in a town with 3,000 people, and star's hollow is most likely smaller than my hometown. Like, it definitely paints the picture that it is 
a thousand people or less. So it blew my mind mm. when I saw 9,973. Like that's not the size of a small town with one with zero to one stoplights, you know, like that's, that's a bit of a stretch. So that was my one like head scratcher from this episode. And then favorite quotes. Again, I have a few of them. Um, so I have one from Lorelai. See, that's what happens when you go to bed with your makeup on when she's talking about the like the secretary or whatever at, at Mr. Charleston. Like, it's so mean. It's so mean, but I still enjoyed it. Um, it's so mean, but it's so accurate. Yeah. And, and when I had the thought, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I just don't wear makeup very often. So I never have to worry about that. Um, and then I have a couple of Emily quotes that I really liked. So one I'm kind of combining too. And she's like, do you need a ride or is your horse parked outside? And then a couple beats later, <laughs> dinner Friday night, no spurs, please. Um, like those quotes make it like, okay, I'm okay with the whole nonsense of Lorelai wearing that outfit just because we get Emily's witty meanness. Um, yeah. And then also Emily, drug dealers take the bus. When she's like appalled at Rory taking the bus. And then, sorry, I have so many, but my number one favorite quote from this episode was a Michelle quote, of course. If I'm, and this is one that I never really noticed before watching it this time. And then I just fell instantly in love with it and got mad at myself for never really noticing it before. But it's, if I'm to fetch you like a dog, I'd like a cookie and a raise. Yes. Yes. I was just <laughs> thinking about that one when you said Michelle's. Oh, it's like, oh, that one is my absolute favorite one. I love it. Oh, Was that your favorite as well? Sorry if I stole it because I did a million yes. No, that is totally fine. Um, that one. And then when Lorelai and Emily are on the phone, when Lorelai's at home and they're talking about, like, children's clothes or whatever, and Emily brings up, like, does she have underwear? Whatever, like, for every day of the week. And Lorelai's <laughs> yeah. just being like, I don't know. Mine just goes to Wednesday. Was it Wednesday or Thursday? I think Thursday. Because, like, yeah, Emily's saying that she should have, like, yeah. a skirt for, like, oh, there's five days in the week talking about skirts. And, like, Lorelai, my days of the week underwear only go through Thursday. I think it's Thursday. Yes. Yeah. I love that, too. <laughs> um, And she definitely has day of the week underwear. That is definitely a Lorelai thing to do. And she never wears them on the right day. That's my thought. Okay. Um. Who is your favorite character this episode? Oh, okay, that's hard because, like, I love Paris. Like, any point in time, I just love her. Um, But Suki is always my favorite, but you don't get to see that much of her in this one. Yeah, we rarely see her. Just the cute peach thing. That's an adorable scene, though. Yeah. But, like, is it, like, top character worthy? Maybe. <laughs> I would say, I would say for this episode, Paris. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like you're going to have a lot that are Suki. That'll kind of be your default. But for me, this episode is definitely Paris, which I would not have thought before, like, watching it so closely. Because I thought that I didn't like Paris in the very beginning. But I felt so bad for her in this episode and just wanted to give her a hug and thought that she actually showed restraint. Like, I don't know. I loved Paris this episode. Um, 
Okay, then ratings. What would you rate this episode? I would rate it, I would say 7.5 cups of Me too. I am saying the same thing. You get a little bit more of the characters, like, with Miss Patty and, like, a little bit more of Suki, but then you bring in Babette and Paris and Kirk without it being Kirk. <laughs> um, and just like adding those characters into it raised it anyway, mm-hmm. but kind of like showing the dynamic with Emily more. Yep. And yeah. it's What about you? What would you rate it? I would also say 7.5. I I love, like, we get to meet Paris. Like, we get to meet so many great characters. Like, we get to meet Paris and Madeline and Louise. And we get to meet Jackson and Kirk slash Mick and Babette and Maury. And, you know, we get to meet so many more of these wonderful characters. And I love that. And I love a lot of the different dynamics that we get. And we're getting some more things set up. Um, You know, we get to see more of the fun bickery interactions between Lorelai and Michelle and get more insight into the conflict between Lorelai and Emily and also start to see the conflict between Emily and, um, or sorry, Emily. Wow. Rory and Paris. Um, It's, I I can't rate it higher than a 7.5 though, because one, I don't blame them, but I get annoyed with Mick not being Kirk and kind of them not having that storyline, which is like understandable, but it does dock it down a little bit for me. Um, I also sometimes get annoyed with the setup of the whole outfit thing and it bugs me more than it should. Um, and we don't get Richard and we don't get much Suki. So like, that's like a, oh, bummer kind of thing. Um, yeah. But it overall, I feel like it's just, it is a really solid episode and has a lot of great things. And especially this time, because like, I've never felt so strongly about Paris in this episode before. And I never like understood Emily initially. Again, she does end up crossing the line, but I think it was great of seeing, cause like, I always feel like, oh, I love Emily and Paris. You just have to you know, get used to them or whatever. But it's like, no, like mm-hmm. Paris starts off strong. I realized that. And that made me happy um, because she is one of my favorite characters overall. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of overall everything, I think, for this episode. Do you have any final thoughts at all? That Kirk should have been Kirk mm-hmm. since the beginning. <laughs> and I will go to my grave saying that yeah sean gunn might agree um and then so definitely you know next week we will be going through season one episode three we definitely get richard in that episode um so feel free to email us any thoughts or questions especially if it's anything about episode three and our Email for the podcast is copperboompcast at gmail.com. And then also, please follow the podcast. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at copperboompcast. 
and let us know your your thoughts, any feedback that you have. You know, we're still figuring this out. So definitely happy to get any feedback, positive or or negative, if it must be. Um, if it's something we can grow from, then definitely feel free to share it. But that is all, folks. So bye. Bye. Copper boom. <laughs>